on. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, so let's just begin with the word of prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you again just for giving us another opportunity for us to sit uh, before your word, and not just even ind individually, but collectively, that we may direct our thoughts um, and our eyes towards your son. So we pray, O oh Lord, um, even as we read these passages that in some ways are very familiar to many of us, that uh, you would uh, help us to once again, uh, just uh, like the disciples in the story, uh, realize how much more you are than what we had ever imagined, and that uh, you would cause us to uh, both love you and to fear you with great fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last, uh, uh, um, yesterday, Pastor Paul led us through the, the great parables about the kingdom of God. And, uh, and as it is typical of uh, Mark, he likes to show us that Jesus taught not just through parables or through teachings, but he uh, also parallels his teaching with uh, uh, real life actions, stories of people uh, that together uh, teach us who Jesus is. And in this case, I believe that in the, the next several stories illustrate what Jesus said about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God will start as like the smallest seed, but will grow almost imperceptibly without us even noticing. Um, and, and, and so he, he uh, gives us these several encounters in which we see the way that, 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 uh, that God will grow his kingdom is uh, through person by person and step by step helping each of us to confront our deepest fears and, and converting those fears into faith and allowing our faith to continue to grow. So with that, I'll read the, um, the next two stories. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Sorry. Uh, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if you drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said, to, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore not even with the chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? 
My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of, herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged, it, begged to, to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And this is the word of the Lord. Uh, I, in my zeal, I kind of actually prepared for the next two stories as well. But, uh, uh, but I'll focus on the first two today. So, so the first thing I, um, that, that I'd like us to, uh, that, that I believe that Mark um, wants us to pay attention to, is, is how the disciples uh, encounter uh, a very basic fear, uh, a terrible fear um, of, of the seas, and, and how, they, how Jesus converts that fear into another type of fear uh, that, I've, that I co- quoted as great fear. So, Again, the background of the story, um, we know that, uh, that, that the men who were with him, were, many of them were, were, were expert fishermen who had, who had uh, fished in the Galilee, Sea of Galilee for, uh, for Peter and Andrew, John, and others. And so they knew how uh, this small lake, because of its geography, could go from a very calm sea to violent, violent storms in, 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 a, in a moment. And so as they were crossing across the sea, that's what happens. Um, and, and, and the question that, uh, that the disciples uh, asked Jesus after they wake him up, you know, when he was asleep in the boat, is a very telling question. First of all, they address him as a teacher, because that's been his role so far uh, for them, that he's been teaching them. And so as a teacher, he says, don't you care if we drown? And in the question, you could hear their desperation and almost their, their maybe a disappointment or maybe their doubt seeping in. Because they are, that, that by Jesus sleeping in the boat, while they're desperately trying to uh, get the boat across, uh, across this uh, violent storm, um, is, is the implication that maybe Jesus doesn't care for us. So they cry out, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus gets up and uh, he speaks into the wind, he rebukes it and says to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. And the sea became completely calm. Now the disciples, uh, because they were expert fishermen, knew a, a lot about the uh, about the sea, uh, about the condition of the sea. It's conceivable that uh, that Jesus could have said, "Be uh, uh, be unquiet to the wind," and and then it could have just coincided with his speech that the wind just died down because winds come up and die down suddenly. But what was amazing was that. 
At the same time, Jesus said, quiet. He also said, be still. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the violent storm, the, the movement of the waves that were going up and down, all of a sudden became completely calm. And they knew that that doesn't happen naturally. You know, uh, even after the wind dies down, the sea will continue to churn for, for, for a time until it reaches a level of stability. So when they encountered this, they rightly were terrified. Literally, it says they, they feared with great fear. And they were asking each other, who is this? The question is very instructive because as not only as expert fishermen, but as uh, students of the Bible, they, they must have known the story of Jonah. Another time when, uh, when God stilled a raging sea all of a sudden. And in that story, it was the pagan sailors who knew nothing about Yahweh, the true God. Uh, when they experienced it, they ended up worshiping God because they realized that as they encountered this greatest fear that sailors have, that they encountered even a greater power. And in the same way here, it is these faithful Jewish people who recognize in the way that Jesus calmed the seas by, by sheer command of his voice, that they were encountering the divine, the Yahweh of the Old Testament, who created the world and who rules over the world. And that's why they ask, who is this? And, and they were seized by a different kind of a fear, not just fear of nature, just, just fundamental element of fear, but even a greater fear that, that, that captures us when we encounter and, and, and our eyes are slightly opened to see the glory and the power of God who created the universe. And so we see this conversion, how Jesus, by intentionally sleeping through and being quiet and letting the disciples get to this point of desperation, I mean, he could have steered them away or he could have calmed the storm even before it arose. But he deliberately sleeps through in order to uh, uh, confront not only the disciples' fears of such things, but to increase their faith. That's why he says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Um, we can't help but just relate to, uh, this to our own situations. I think all of us know what it is to uh, confront things that, that arouse deep fears for us. Uh, all of us know what it means to be desperate. And maybe some of us are in that situation right now. And when we're in such desperate situations, when we feel so powerless, um, we can't help but focus on the thing that is, that is uh, the, the problem that is causing us this fear. But, but God often allows those circumstances to happen in order for us to experience exactly what the disciples had to experience that Jesus wasn't just a teacher, that Jesus wasn't just someone to turn to when we needed something, but that Jesus is God. And it is that great fear of God and, and reverence of his name and, and desire to obey him and faith in his great power to deliver us from all trials of life that became fundamental for these 12 disciples as they ventured out after Jesus' resurrection to spread his message against all kinds of fears, even to the point of death. And uh, they, um, even when they uh, faced 
Colosseum full of people who wanted them dead. Surely they remember this story. And more importantly, they remember Jesus Christ who can calm those fears um, and, uh, and, and await them even past beyond all their fears. In the second story, we see a kind of a, a completely different set of circumstances on the other side uh, of the lake. It was this region of Gerasenes, which was, as we can tell, because they were tending pig, a Gentile region. And they encounter, here we encounter not only the, the great fear of nature, but the great fears of the supernatural. When we see this uh, person who was demon-possessed, I mean, we can't help but feel uh, incredible sympathy because he was completely under the spell. He was uh, under the power of these demons. And, uh, and, and Jesus, again, through the power of his word and through his compassion, uh, delivers this man from demonic possession. What's interesting also, again, is, is, is the, um, the close of the story. We know uh, from the previous accounts in Mark that Jesus has such power. But what we have here is the, is the reaction of what happened afterwards. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and, and told about the pigs as well. Uh, and I didn't have it here, but the, the people, I mean, initial encounter when they saw this was that, again, they were greatly afraid because they realized that even as, as scary as it is to see a man possessed by demons, even, even scarier was seeing somebody who could command the demons and, and cause them to obey. And so the end result of the story is very interesting. It says the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. It was too much for them. Now, as so Jesus complies to them, and as Jesus was getting to the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. It's interesting, the demons begged not to be uh, cast out, but this person, but but the demon possessed person, formerly demon possessed person, who begs Jesus to be with Jesus. But it says Jesus did not let him, but says, "Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how He has had mercy on you." I imagine that uh, that that this demon possessed person probably wanted nothing more than to be with Jesus, who has shown him uh, not only the great power but such mercy upon him. And I'm sure that it wasn't easy for him to turn around and go back to the, and, and stay there and go back to the people who had known him all his life, people who had known him as this demon-possessed wild man. And, uh, and if they didn't want Jesus, they probably didn't want him to be around either. But he obeys Jesus and he stays. And I believe that the reason why Jesus asked him to stay is because the people didn't want him. But Jesus still wanted to reach out to those very people. And so when he tells this person to stay, what he's doing is he's actually commissioning him to be his representative, to, his, to be his ambassador. So the man walks away from Jesus with this fresh commission from Jesus. And he says he began to tell in the Decapolis, these are Gentile regions, how much Jesus had done for him. And the result is that all the people were amazed. They moved into a different level of fear and they began this journey of faith that no doubt many of them ended up in, in, the, in knowing and recognizing who Jesus is and placing their faith in him. I'm gonna skip to the next couple of them. 
And, uh, and you know, in these stories, again, I think one of the things that, that Mark does is to capture the questions that Jesus has asked us. And, and this is where I'd like us to stop today. And, and the first question um, that I, I, I'd like to commend to your attention is the question that Jesus asked the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Already. And uh, this is something that actually my wife and I talked about just a couple of weeks ago as we were um, in a, almost in a state of panic over all the difficult things that we were experiencing in the midst of our worries and concerns and anxieties. The, the Lord reminded us and, and, and confronted us, where is our faith in the midst of all of this? And as we turned to God in prayer, we did also begin to experience the kind of calmness and peace that the disciples also experienced. So I commend this question to all of us this morning, no matter what circumstances that we're facing, to ask, why are we so afraid? Should we be afraid when we recognize that Jesus really is in our boat? He's not asleep, he's fully aware, but he's allowing these circumstances to drive us to a greater fear than the fears that, we, that we're presented with. And he's using these circumstances to grow our faith. And, and what we learn also from the, um, uh, from the second story, again, is Jesus' command to him, stay, go back to your home and tell people what Jesus has done for us and, uh, and how much mercy that he has done for us. And, and this, again, reminds us that, that as much as we want Jesus to just bless us and give us the, the answers to our prayers, what's even more important is the opportunity that we have to be real-life ambassadors for Jesus Christ, that through our personal encounters of fear, of desperation, and of Jesus meeting us in those places, then we can also go to the same people around us who are also facing the same and help them to see Jesus not only as the answer to their current crisis, but the answer, the deepest longing that we have to know our Creator and to be with Him forever, forever in His kingdom. Amen. Let's end our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, Lord, you know us so well. I feel like when, the, when you asked the disciples, where is your faith? It wasn't so much out of um, exasperation, but you did it with such tenderness and love towards them, knowing that we are people for whom faith is difficult and fears are great. So Lord, I pray that even this morning, that in all of our circumstances and worries and concerns and anxieties, would you lift us up and, and help us to worship you and to, and to once again come before you with faith. And may we experience um, your, the way that you supernaturally grow our faith. And may we take steps of faith this day through all that we have to go through. And may you give us opportunities, oh God, to just be able to witness to somebody, to tell somebody what you've done for us and how merciful you've been to us. May you give us that opportunity to be able to give a testimony and to share the blessings that you've given to us. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.